Welcome to the Give Back Economy, a podcast about social innovation and social enterprise. Now with your host, Peter Miller. Welcome, and we're staying in Ontario today. We're going to talk to Brian Reynolds. He's the owner of Learn to Appreciate.ca, but he's also involved in another project that's very interesting called citystreetoutreach.org. So we're going to talk about both of those as we move along. So, Brian, tell us a little bit about your academic background. Where did you go to school? Sure. Um, well, I grew up in downtown Toronto, so I uh, went to high school at uh, good old Jarvis Collegiate Institute in Toronto. And uh, from there, I went on to uh, study photography at Humper College. And uh, just as I was getting out of the that program, I basically leapt right into my full-time career. I didn't know it was going to be such a long career, but a, an amazing career with Black Photo Corporation, so Black's Photography. And so I, uh, I started there right after uh, college and uh, loved it, loved the people, loved the organization, and I remained there for a little over 22 years. And uh, beautiful uh, way to uh, spend time in an organization that you love, you know, starting full-time and then into assistant manager roles and manager role. And then I got recognized as a, um, as a, a training, uh, part of a training team. So I was elevated to the, the training team. And from there, worked in uh, that role for several years and uh, became the national training manager. And at the time, we had over 300 stores uh, coast to coast. And we also had purchased a, uh, uh, an outfit from, um, from the United States. So that was part of, our, part of the journey as well. So after the 22 years, I, uh, I left and um, just decided to pursue other opportunities. So bobbed around different, different organizations, mainly in uh, corporate, but uh, a retail-oriented retail background. So I went into the book industry, went into the um, supply industry, and uh, ultimately, um, while I was while I was in the uh, the book industry end of things, uh, one day I was presented with a, a copy of a book that had not been released yet, and uh, the the vendor at the time said, "Brian, you're going to love this," and so I I grabbed uh, grabbed this book, and it was uh, it was an amazing book uh, about workplace appreciation. And uh, I remember it was going to be released uh, in about a month, and I couldn't put the book down. I, I was reading it over and over and over. And I think it resonated with me so much, Peter, because it was the life that I had led uh, while my work life at Black's Cameras. Uh, and I don't know if you know or not, but they, they did close down after uh, 2015. They were shut down through uh, previous owners. But anyway, I look back, and I – and it was such a wonderful career, wonderful people to, to work with. And I really felt that the experiences that I gathered along that way really helped me to understand um, Dr. Paul White and Dr. Gary Chapman's book about workplace appreciation. So I basically jumped up and down. I went into the training. I got certified as a, as a trainer and, it's, and became a consultant for my own consultant. So I started Learn to Appreciate. And... Um, 
really, really got to understand uh, how different other organizations were at the time. This was going back maybe about eight, nine years now. Um, and I started to talk with many, many people that were in the retail environment and also non-retail in other organizations, whether it be not-for-profit, church organizations, um, maybe faith-based organizations, but just uh, utility companies, et cetera, et cetera. So I started doing my own research and quickly found out how it resonated uh, with the book that was just released. And so I basically jumped right into it and I said, I've got to help uh, the workplace uh, to, to, to really clearly um, demonstrate how important to be appreciated in the workplace is. And so that's where I hang my hat. Um, I love doing it. COVID kind of slowed things down for me, but I'll be pursuing that a little more uh, um, aggressively in the new year. But it's always top of mind. I always talk to people about it. Uh, I did do a Zoom uh, uh, presentation uh, last Christmas to about 20-odd uh, people coast-to-coast in Canada. And, uh, you know, that's just to help to, to keep the, the, the flame ignited, per se. <laughs> and... Um, so, yeah, that's that's kind of what I've been doing, and I talk about that when everyone anyone wants to listen to me about it because I, I I read the research, and just I remember last week on the radio they were talking about, I think the number was 75% of people that are <laughs> not very happy in the workplace. So uh, it's not all about the money. Money is a big thing, obviously, these days, uh, with the environment we're in, and, uh, and so are many other issues, but the, the genuine, authentic... Um, workplace appreciation is it sounds like it's pretty absent and so i really feel it's very very important and uh that's what i'm uh, putting the stake in the ground and proceeding with so that's uh that's kind of the background of where where i was and where i've been and where i'm currently headed but uh also i guess about eight years ago i believe it's about eight years ago i was introduced to an organization through another fellow who was, was a volunteer with uh, City Street Outreach. And uh, City Street Outreach was actually founded by Alex uh, Smyrnas. And it was interesting, when I got to know Alex, he, he had started the City Street about uh, 13 years ago. And it started out as a, a simple, like a blanket ministry. So he was basically um, doing quite well in his business and driving a nice high-end car and driving downtown Toronto on a winter night. And just realized uh, how many people were sleeping on the streets. And uh, it really grabbed his heart, really grabbed his heart. And he basically did a shout out to some friends and said, hey, let's gather some blankets. So they went out and collected some blankets. And, uh, and then the next week, they, they started going around and handing them out. But it kept gnawing at him. Just there's more need. We got to do more. We got to do more. And so it grew from, you know, supplying food. And, and, and again, at the time, you can appreciate there's still a lot of organizations, faith-based and non-faith-based, people with hearts that really want to help, you know, the homeless. And, um, but, but that was 13 years ago, and it's just escalated into such a, an overwhelming uh, need, as, uh, uh, as we can see today, not just the homeless, but the, um, the, the poverty and the, the low-income people that are falling between gaps right now and there's and it's growing and growing and growing we i mean again you look at the news or just step outside and you'll see and what's interesting peter is it's not just uh people sleeping on the streets there's there's people in toronto 
it's in a lot of neighborhoods. Um, I, I live in Stouffville. Uh, City Street Outreach is um, the billing address is in Stouffville, but we don't have an office because it's it's run by volunteers. It's an all 100% all volunteer-based organization. Nobody gets paid. So we rely on donations um, to keep us going. We do one major fundraising a year, and it's really to pay for the vehicles. Uh, we have a, a fleet of six vehicles, and uh, it's just to pay for the maintenance, the gas, the insurance, et cetera, et cetera. And um, this is where it's evolved into, but it's, it's obviously a growing, growing need. Um, so that's, that's kind of in a nutshell. That's, that's where City Street started, and I'm so uh, honored and happy to be a part of that on a, a part-time basis because I'm part, part retired, <laughs> but uh, I still work in a, part, a couple of a part-time job, but I also uh, play an active role with City Street Outreach uh, as a brand ambassador, but also event I do events for them and fundraisers, et cetera. Okay, so we've got two organizations to dig a little deeper into. Uh, to learn to appreciate, are you doing that by yourself or do you have a team? So, so that's just by myself. Um, I belong to a, a forum of trainers, international, um, because um, I became certified. And the beauty of it is it's, you're not paying royalties or anything. You're basically adopting the program using the resources that they've developed, which are amazing and so simple to use. Um, so I use their resources and learn to appreciate is myself. I mean, um, so I try to I, – I, I target small to medium-sized businesses. So I find that it's uh, it's easy enough for myself to, to handle that. Um, it's, it's not – never has been planned to be a – a huge, uh, a huge endeavor. It's just uh, myself that plans it and executes it. And because I love training, in my role back in Blacks as uh, the, the, the training manager, I I love to facilitate and I love to see results and impact. So it's basically myself that's uh, that, that, that's learned to appreciate. So, Brian, this coaching organization. What's its name again? Sorry, the the, the organization that you're registered with. Oh, so uh, City Street Outreach? No, um, no, no. The, the coaching. The, the one oh, the coaching. So, so basically, it's, it's with uh, Dr. Paul White and Dr. Gary Chapman. Um, so Dr. Dr. White has, um, he offers the, 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 the training and the facilitation. Um, and it's basically uh, appreciation at work. So if you were to Google appreciation at work, you would pull up Dr. Dr. Paul White's information and uh, all the resources that are available. Um, Dr. Gary Chapman actually um, is quite well known for his whole series of books on uh, the five love languages, um, which which was he wrote about, uh, well, I'm guessing about 28, 29 years ago, which became a bestseller and it's still on the bestselling uh, New York list today. A lot of relational therapist uh, use his resources and he's developed a whole series for individuals for families for teens for couples so basically how that started um, I remember having the opportunity to meet Dr. Gary Chapman several years ago while he was visiting Canada and uh, himself and uh, Dr. Paul White actually married the concept together and uh he tells the story that somebody came up to him and says, you know, I've read the five love languages 
but you know what? We do that at work. And so, of course, they said, well, how do you do that at work? So he's adapted the, the, the cornerstones of the five love languages, and it's the languages of appreciation. So, and they work very, very well, uh, very effective. Um, it's, it's excellent training. It's not rocket science, but it's just genuine, authentic appreciation for one another um, on an individual basis. And that's really the, the power behind that. Okay, so let's say you meet up with a small business, ABC Kitchen mm -hmm. Manufacturing. Right. What is the service that you would be offering them? So, so what I would do is I would talk to a couple of key people, first of all, um, basically doing a needs assessment, but, but just seeing where, what is their level of, of engagement? And it's really a lot about engagement these days. Uh, how engaged are people in your workplace? So if it was a small business, and it's interesting you ask that because if you talk to a lot of the frontline people, they'll, they'll tell you a different story from what the CEO or the president of the small organization um, will we'll say. Now, th th what happens basically is we try to get everyone on the same page um, to understand each other. And that's where the, the, the understanding what's important to you is going to be different from the person at the front, the front desk or the person on the assembly line or the person in the warehouse or the HR person, if there is one. Um, so, so what it what it basically does it, it looks at everyone's how how they assess their uh, appreciation, and it's done through a very uh, very scientific tool that is offered during this program, which was developed by Dr. Paul White and Dr. Gary Chapman. So it's an online assessment, and um, the results are very simple to explain, very simple to understand. And then we put those into action. So, so basically, I would facilitate in about four modules. When I go into an organization, we would sit down. And the key to this is having everyone in the same room at the same time. Now, I'm talking if it's a smaller organization, let's say up to 20, 30 people, um, it's just trying to get everyone in the same room at the same time. Now, I customize it because not everyone can say, hey, we can't pull everyone in at the same time. So we might do two groups or three groups, depending and, and, and I can customize the, the, the timing based on the company's needs as well. Um, but the beauty of having everyone at the same time, and that's where I've done the bulk of my training, is having everyone in there at the same time because that's where you get the impact and the learning. So we would facilitate, I would facilitate the modules. We'd go through it. We'd have discussions. Normally, the most effective way is to break it into two. So you're doing an introductory, uh, explaining it, do the assessment, then there's time to practice in between and then come back maybe a week later or two weeks later, depending on the organization. And then we'd come down and we'd do a debrief and then we would show the results. And that's where the powerful learning happens. And so then what I offer also, after that's finished, give them some time to practice it, whether it's a, a month, two months, six months, a year. Um, then I, I offer my service to come back again and just talk about how's it going. What are the some of the obstacles you may have uh, come across and, and and just get some feedback and just to keep it because we want to make it stick it's not a program where it's meant to just go in talk about nice stuff hey give someone a pat on the back and see you later that doesn't work it just doesn't work I, I've experienced that from past workshops so I'm very intentional and uh, I'll be quite honest with you Peter my overarching goal 
is um, is to really not only make a difference in, in the lives of people during workplace time, but to bring that energy and that learning back into their home environment so that their their lives at home can be changed with their families also. So when you look at that, that's what you're measuring is not only the outputs, but the outcomes. Exactly, exactly. And, and from my experience and uh, the stats that I've seen and just talking one-on-one to teams and leadership and so on, it's very, very clear that the outcomes are generally you get um, higher motivated people, you get less stress in the worst workplace, their sales go up, surprise, the customer service goes up, the turnover, turnover goes down. You generally get people that really want to be there because the relationships are built on an individual basis. Um, and, and what you'll find is, yeah, sickness goes down, absenteeism goes down. So it's all good. It's all uh, a very positive uh, outcomes. So, Brian, do you facilitate sessions with both customers and suppliers as part of that exercise? So, uh, for, for example, um, it, it's generally like a, like, like a small business organization or a medium size. Now, I'll just use a medium size who, who may have uh, a shipping department or a sales department or, um, you, you know, in, in, the, um, in the training department, for, for instance. I would try to bring in those groups as groups uh, if, it's a, if it's maybe 50, 60 people, but I would bring them in as work groups. And what works really well also is to mix up those those bodies in within. So bring in three from that group, three from that, and so on, and have a, a, a general session there. It's up to the organization. If the organization says, hey, we got some key customers you want to bring in, that's fine as well. But the, the, I, I feel that the power is really within the, the walls of the organization to, to make that organization really, you know, jump to the front so that their customers will see the benefit. And then the customer's gonna say, wow, something's going on in this organization that I've noticed lately, what is it? Everyone seems to be happier and they, nobody's sick anymore and you got the same staff. <laughs> you haven't changed it every month. So it's open and again, I can customize it either way. An organization, like you said, wants to do customers in there, that's fine. But it it's generally is for the work groups of that organization. Okay. We've got a pretty good idea what you do there. Let's move on to city street outreach. Sure. Um, what are the services that are offered, and how big is the team that is involved in that organization? Sure. Um, so we're basically focused on uh, an, an outreach to serve people that are homeless, people that are bordering on homelessness, um, people that are in low-income housing, uh, refugees, immigrants, um, youth that are on the street, or youth that are maybe not on the street, um, anywhere we can offer assistance. And in real practical terms, uh, we do food rescue, we do clothes rescue, and we do small furniture rescue. So we we work with a really a great network of of uh, partnerships such as Starbucks and Longos, Loblaws, um, some in the garment industry, Columbia Sports. Uh, there's a whole mess of wonderful partners. And so 
we try to rescue a lot of this, for instance, the food that may go <laughs> elsewhere and be dumped into waste, but we will rescue it. There's nothing wrong with it, uh, perfectly good food. And what we'll do then is we have nine mobile outreaches every week going across the GTA. So right now, like I said earlier, we started in downtown Toronto, right at City Hall. That's where we set up every Thursday night. So we're there probably about uh, 6 o'clock to about 8.30, 9 o'clock every Thursday night. In the last 13 years, the team has missed maybe twice in 13 years. So it doesn't really matter too much on the weather conditions unless it's a, a slick ice storm where we can't get down there. But um, we have a team of about, I'd say, growing towards about 55 to 75 volunteers. Uh, sometimes it's actually uh, more than that. And many of the team members are actually people that we have served in the past. So we've, we, we've had people that uh, we serve in the low-income housing that say, hey, we want to give back. We want to help, you know. Same with uh, people on the streets. We have volunteers that we've been helping out on the street. And some of those are valuable volunteers as well. So uh, we're able to connect and coordinate teams throughout the week. Um, just to give you an, a, a typical week, a Monday we have a team of two that would take out a refrigerated truck, go to Costco, Loblaws, et cetera, Longos, and pick up some of the food that they put aside for us. And we don't store anything, so we'll take that food and we'll go to the clients or our friends right away. We'll set up a table if it's uh, good weather, line up, and people will line up and just we get to know them. We build relationships. It's a huge relational uh, opportunity for us to really to, to, to know people, to lead into their lives. So the food we give them is obviously the practical. And then uh, on Thursday nights, just to swing over to Thursday night, we offer the food as well. But but after we serve the food and nice hot cup of coffee, uh, we'll provide uh, food item or uh, clothes items. Sorry. So someone right now, uh, you know, it's getting very very cold. So what do you need? A sleeping bag? You need some socks? You need some mitts? You need some scarves, etc. So we have a line that proceeds right after our food lineup, and we'll provide uh, the necessities there for them. So we do that every Thursday. Uh, but again, throughout the week, we have clothes banks that we, we gather clothes. We have so many people that want to give us clothes, and we do fill the truck events quite often throughout the year. And um, what that is is basically we'll announce we're going to a, a parking lot, for instance, in a, in a mall area or outside of school, and the word is sent out, and people will come by with their, their used items, their gently used items. A lot of them have purchased brand-new items, and we just throw it into the truck, we bring it back. We have a sorting team of volunteers that will sort where it goes to, and then we'll deliver it that day or the next day. So we don't store anything. We don't want anything stored. We want it to get into people to use it right away, uh, especially the food, obviously. And um, that's generally how we do our nine mobile uh, outreaches every week. So having said that, one of the big objectives for homeless is housing. True. Now... In Kitchener, there's a, a group of who set up tiny houses. And uh, I know Toronto is considering that model mm -hmm. for uh, tiny houses, and I think that's an incredible idea. Yes, how do I? And, uh, so I want to talk more about this. 
to you, but I'm going to cut off our interview now, and then we'll get into it. Okay? Sure. So sure. Thank Absolutely. you. Thank you for joining me today, Brian. Thank you, Peter. Thank you very much.